and welcome to the Into Tell podcast episode six. My name is Ellis Taylor and I'm hosting this week's podcast and I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Tad Betts. And we're coming to you from the learning solutions team at Into Global. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting away from the screen. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, sigh of relief. <laughs> so we've all been spending a bit too long at the screen, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, I think everyone can agree. It's been a difficult few months. Um, we've had some conversations ourselves, haven't we? And I think lots of us get, you know, headaches or eye strain and all that sort of thing. So um, hopefully today will help you with some ideas about how you can take your online learning away from the screen. We're going to go through some tips for live sessions for students um, and some general tips as well. Um, and hopefully there'll be things that you uh, utilise or certainly consider utilising in your sessions. Um, obviously, it's got to work for you and your students, but ultimately we're just trying to, to save everyone's eyes and everyone's headaches. So what ways can we uh, work away from our screen whilst working online? Um, some of you might have already considered inviting students to look away from the screen and listen to content. Um, so, for example, you might encourage them to look out of the window or at something of interest within their home environment. Um, and you might you know, tell them a story and get them to really engage with what they're looking at and listen rather than looking at the screen. Do you have any uh, any other ideas, Tab? Yeah, well, I think that first point, I, I do it quite a lot. And I also do it while I'm presenting as well. I often don't look at the screen. And sometimes I, I and I will explicitly say to students to not look at the screen because sometimes it does help you focus more. And, and um, you know, it, it could be just that you're talking about some content um, which you'd normally talk about with slides. But although slides help, I don't think they're always necessary. So I think that's a really good thing to try in your live lessons online. But also you could invite students to print slides or handouts or readings out before the session and that way you could even just tell them to look away from the screen and just be reading. You know, you could be all looking at a paper document as you're talking through it. Um, and they could, you could also, I think it's quite good to do some activities where you get them to write handwritten notes. Mm. So yeah, getting them to take a piece of paper and a pen and, uh, and even just at the start of a lesson, you could say, you know, think about what you learned last lesson and make some notes on a piece of paper. And we'll get you to share your ideas in a moment. Yeah. No, you're so right. Um, it's something actually my, my other half keeps laughing at me for. I've got a notepad by the computer just so that I can take my eyes off the screen for a few seconds or a few minutes. And he'll, he'll sit there chuckling. Well, why, why are you doing that? You, you creating like waste and whatnot. But it definitely makes a difference. And, and it also means if I want to go back and reflect on those notes, I don't have to boot up the computer. I can kind of just look at them whenever I fancy without having to look at the screen. And it makes such a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really sensible, actually, because also it makes it kind of, I don't know, I think it, I think it makes it easier if you keep switching between something that's in your physical environment and the digital environment, you don't get sucked into that thing of, you know, when, you, when you're working on something on the screen, you can get really yeah. sucked into it and you just don't even move your eyes away from it sometimes yeah. for kind of you know an hour or or or, or even several hours so mm. it's really good to just be making notes on a piece of paper and looking away from the screen momentarily mm -hmm. so 
a somewhat trivial thing, but I think a lot of us don't write anymore. I actually found my handwriting was was shocking because I become so used to typing that I felt I needed to practice again so that I could actually read what I'd written. Yeah, no, that's really true. I think that's another thing that's uh, that it's actually quite worthwhile to um, keep practicing. You know, the art of of writing on on paper and <laughs> um, not let that go completely. Yeah, in, in Chinese, actually, there's a there's a phenomenon now where people it's called which is like you pick up your pen and you forget how to write the character that you wanted to write. Um, oh, no. and I, yeah. And I, I think it must happen a lot in English too, with like spelling, for example. Yeah. So if you don't write by hand, cause you've got spell check on the computer and also there's muscle memory yeah. of typing out the word. So when you come to writing it by hand, sometimes you actually just can't remember how you're supposed to write it. Yeah. Yeah. And, getting students to to handwrite notes as you sort of touched on already is just a really useful way to essentially build in a regular screen break we talk about it a lot in our own training sessions we try to build you know if we're able to we try to build a five minute break in just so that anyone can go and you know stretch their legs spend a bit of time away from the computer get a drink even um and sometimes you're pushed for time and you can't always build a physical break in so asking your students to handwrite some notes and maybe take a photo and then submit those to a shared folder or a um, a chat on your web conferencing software um, is another way of just building in a break where students are still working but their eyes aren't on the screen. Definitely yeah so that is the key really with with the handwritten notes is just finding a way to get them to submit submit it and taking a photo is a really good way to do that um, and in terms of the screen breaks I think one thing that's really good is actually putting a countdown timer on the screen um, and so people know exactly how long the break is and also if you go away from the screen you can come back at any time and if you share your screen and have the countdown timer when the student comes back to check how much time they've got left it will say on the screen and they don't mm. need to sort of you know they don't need to um, worry about missing a part of the lesson and also one one advantage I've noticed is that if I'm the teacher and I'm showing the screen with the countdown timer it also forces me to get away from the screen so I can't just like go and check my emails because yes I've got the timer on my screen and if I go over to my emails everyone will see that so yeah that's a really good point because I think sometimes we focus so much on our students taking a break that we as educators forget to well to live by the same advice really so what about some general tips for uh, taking learning away from the screen whilst teaching online? Um, yeah, because we were focusing on live lessons more, weren't we, just now? Mm -hmm. So so what about yeah, designing activities? What do you think is important when it comes to designing activities? I think, um, like everything, first and foremost, um, during this time, we need to be mindful that not all students are going to have access to all of the same materials. Um, and obviously it's going to be a little bit harder for us to provide those materials. You know, in a session, if we wanted to perform group work, we'd provide the flip chart. I can't do that now. So I just need to, to consider that when I'm asking students to do something. So I think it's likely to be reasonable that a student might have a notepad around the house, but they might not have a printer. So maybe consider other alternative options if they don't have a printer to print something off. Um, how you can negate that. 
Um, and if you're too prescriptive, it's going to it's going to kick up more when you have those kind of barriers. So definitely consider alternatives that you can offer for students who maybe don't have uh, the material that you need or are asking them to engage with. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's that's really good advice. You know, just kind of just when you set a bit of homework, being flexible about how they submit it. So you know, you could you could allow them to either submit it as some handwritten notes or as a type document or as, you know, whatever they're comfortable with. But, mm-hmm. you know, not kind of being too strict about exactly how they do it mm-hmm. and also giving them notice and time to prepare stuff in advance. So if you want them to bring a pen and paper, for example, maybe to send them a message in advance saying, please bring a pen and paper to to the lesson next week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and a similar sort of thing, you know, if you submit something by um, photo format, then letting them know to bring a mobile to that session or a device that they can take a picture with and upload to the chat. Um, and then thinking about those alternatives again, if a student doesn't have a phone with a camera, but they can record a voice note, for example, you might offer that as the alternative for them. Mm, definitely. That's a great idea. I think getting students to submit audio is something we often kind of overlook but is actually quite powerful because um, we think that you know speaking has to be something that happens in a live lesson but there's no reason why you can't get students to kind of speak and record you know just a minute or so of them talking about something and then submit it um, you can have a conversation but it just happens asynchronously yeah absolutely um and and utilizing things um yourself so you know maybe you want to provide instructions via audio or um i mean i know you might be looking at the screen to record a video but you could consider um rather than rather than having to be um can't get my words out rather than having to see you um you know if you if you don't um want to use your webcam use the audio side of things um we're very accustomed at the moment to kind of sending um or setting up chats and having our faces there but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not engaging if we can't see each other so back again to the fact that you might be part of a web conference but you might encourage students to turn their cameras off and look elsewhere but still listen to you Mm, absolutely I think listening material is also underutilized. Um, one of the great things about it is that you could listen to it while you're going for a walk or you're lying down or you're, you know, cooking something or you know, doing mm-hmm. some exercise. Um, it just makes it makes things um, more accessible in a way. Although one thing I would say is it is a good idea if you can to have a written version of the audio as well, a sort of transcript. Um, because you might have some people who who have you know hearing difficulties and mm-hmm. having the transcript would would be helpful for them and also you know we have many learners who are second language learners so um, it help it's helpful for them to also be able to see the transcript where possible. Yeah no that's right and and that kind of links back again to we don't want to assume that students have software to be able to hear um, audio uh, materials so if for any reason they're having difficulty accessing that it's not fair to to prevent their learning by only providing it as audio yeah it is very difficult to make everything really inclusive and Mm -hmm. you know we don't have to be perfect and we can't be perfect so 
do what you can to to make it inclusive yeah no that's that's really true um I mean, we kind of touched on it a moment ago, but we're, we're thinking about how we can give breaks for students. Um, we know as educators, there's much more to the job than just teaching students in the moment. It's all of the marking. It's all of the, you know, the lesson creation, the prep and anything you can do to take some of that away from the screen has to be uh, a win. Um, so consider Absolutely. these things when you're planning your lessons, preparing your lessons, um, you know, anything that you need to mark, different things. You know, you might want to provide feedback to an assignment um, through audio rather than through typing um, on the screen and whatnot. So there's different things that you can explore as well for you, not just your students. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I mean, it means you can record the feedback without necessarily looking at the screen um and also there's some studies that show that students respond better to constructive criticism when it's in audio format rather than text mm -hmm. so um, it has other benefits what about some ideas for sort of activities that you could get students to do away from the screen yeah so um we've collected a number of ideas i think maybe asking students to create a mind map or even getting them to like sketch or draw an idea and then submit a picture of that online. Um, so you could, uh, in the instance of mind maps, you could give them a topic area and ask them to, uh, you know, branch out the ideas that uh, provides them, and then bring that back to the classroom environment um, online and have them discuss that with their peers. So as a whole session, that becomes uh, significantly less reliant on looking at the screen because you're getting the students to to create that mind map and then discuss with each other rather than needing to, to look at things on the screen. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that, you know, the key is like finding a way for them to submit it. So you can use things like the discussion forum on your VLE um, or an assignment it's like the assignment tool in your VLE. You can get them to submit images to that. Um, you can also do it um, as part of a collaborative document um, or a collaborative OneNote. Uh, or even something like Padlet, where you can just submit uh, images to as well. Um, yeah, we've also touched on recording short pieces of audio as a piece of homework. Um, it could be something like, what about like getting people to go outdoors and and find something and you know maybe take pictures or or make a recording of of something in the environment. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. Um, obviously, you can then tailor that for, you know, given the current climate, you might be in a lockdown scenario, not able to go outside. So you tweak that and say, right, well, how about wandering around the home environment then um, and seeing what you can gather, um, what you can engage with, or maybe again, looking out the window, what you can see out of your window. And um, whilst it's a limited view of outdoors, you can still interact with what's out there um, and relate that back. So you might ask uh, students to think about advertising that they can see, or if you're studying architecture, what about the buildings that they can see around them? You can tailor it in lots of different ways. Yeah, it's a really nice idea. And also you can do things like, um, you know, get students to go around to people in their environment, give people they live with or whatever, as long as they do it safely they could conduct like a short interview and actually ask mm -hmm. questions or, or a sort of survey where they um, they make an audio recording of asking questions to people they know. Um, 
I know um, we've also talked in the workshop about um, journaling, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you might want to encourage students to keep a journal um, that you could ask them to add to, you know, five minutes at the end of a session. Or you might ask for the whole session to be entering, um, you know, a journal entry and, um, if you were able to, you might ask students to keep all their journal entries in a specific notebook so they can then go and reflect on any of the teaching that has taken place. They can go back to anything that they have perhaps struggled with or need a bit of assistance with. Um, and, and they're ultimately creating a diary of that, which can be really useful for them to reconcile that learning that's taken place and understand where they might need a bit more help or where they feel confident. And that can be quite confidence boosting for them as well to see when we started this topic, I knew X and now I know Y and look how far I've come. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think if you're teaching mathematics or science or something, you might think that doesn't really sound appropriate because that's something that you do like in an English lesson, for example, you know, writing a, a learning journal. But actually it can work really well in any subject um, and just getting them to actually record how their understanding is developing within that subject mm. is a really good way to consolidate the learning, as you said, but also it's a really good way for them to kind of become more reflective and think more critically about the process of learning um, and, you know, kind of engage in that sort of metacognitive process of thinking about their thinking in relation to the subject. So, um, I think that's a really good one. And also, obviously, because you can do that on paper, uh, it's something that you can also use regularly as homework or as part of your session for them to add to their journal or to review bits of their journal or share bits of their journal with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. It's, it's all um, really useful stuff. So I think whilst we haven't covered, you know, all of the ideas that are out there that we've probably covered enough for today and join us again next week um, where we'll be uh, putting another podcast out for you um, so yeah that's it thank you great thanks everyone